Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of Econ Think Tank. My name is Daniel Khan and today we're talking all about social media. Uh, we're going to be looking at some strategies uh, that you could implement uh, for your retail store. We're going to be looking at some uh, ideas and, and ways to approach social media and we're going to be talking about uh, some examples and how to actually measure um, some of your social media initiatives. And so with me today to be talking all about this and more, we're talking with Peter Mesmer who is the Director of Growth at a really cool platform that we've been looking and working with called AdShoppers. And um, AdShoppers has uh, an amazing slew of, of tools. Um, so Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah. Um, so m maybe to get started, Peter, because um, AdShoppers is, is quite a dynamic platform with, with, with its offering. Maybe you can take us through it a little bit. Um, and and tell us a little bit about the platform and, and how it helps uh, online retailers. Yeah, sure. So Ad Shoppers is a what we call an on-site influencer marketing platform. So basically, um, our platform is divided into twelve different apps, and those apps help you do things from um, like identifying your influencers and you know being able to tell how much. Uh, revenue, shares, sales, you know, they're driving to the store, you know, how much revenue you're getting from, you know, some of the channels like Facebook and Twitter and all the social sources to um, tools to help you increase sharing, get people to share out more, um, really increase that social engagement there, and also tools to help uh, close some of the traffic, you know, that's coming from all of that social and influencer activity. So um, we have some tools all, as well to help boost conversions um, and increase conversion rates a little bit too. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like you guys cover the entire spectrum. Um, so it's not just tools to create more engagement, but it's, it's, it's ways to manage uh, the performance of those tools as well. And um, it seems like it's like all encompassing together inside the whole platform. Yeah. So that's the idea. I mean, um, you know, it's, it isn't really worth, uh, you know, getting people to share out more, doing any of that stuff, if it doesn't, you know, translate into, you know, actual sales and revenue. So right. you know, we've kind of built the platform around, you know, the full spectrum there. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting, especially with um, when we're talking about social media, because, you know, maybe five or six years ago, the the general goal and maybe the mantra of a lot of companies was, um, you know, let's just get more likes and let's get more people just to like our page and. The, 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 the thinking and the strategy around social media was probably a little bit more watered down than, than how it's probably evolved today. And, and, and um, I mean, it must, have, must be interesting as well to see how the social space has evolved and how companies have been able to try and create more measurable uh, metrics and, and more um, engaging strategies beyond just getting more likes because it's obviously a lot more than that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting if we kind of look at um, kind of how social has evolved. Because um, I think back, I mean, I look at around, you know, 2008, 2009-ish when Facebook was just exploding. And I mean, I think the media was kind of, I don't really want to blame any one source, but I think we were all kind of like fed the dream that, yeah. you know, if we just get on Facebook, get a Facebook page, you know, and just start posting out stuff, you know, we'll get millions of followers and, you know, traffic and sales just kind of magically coming from that. And, you know, it, 
I guess it obviously didn't really pan out that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think all of the hype, you know, it was enough for, you know, once it reached the tipping point, I think it was enough for just about every brand out there to start investing in social. But, you know, I don't think everybody was really successful. I mean, I think there were some winners. Like, you know, you have some of your brands that are just, you know, really social in the first place. And it really lends itself to social, you know, social networks and social media. But, the majority of people kind of quickly figured out, like, you know, this isn't, you know, really working. Likes are more of a vanity metric, and it's not really actually driving much business back to the site. And then, you know, on top of that, a couple of years ago, Facebook changes its algorithm. So, you know, all those uh, likes and followers that, you know, you spend all that time and effort gaining, you know, mm. now you have to pay money to reach them. You know, if you just, post, you're not really going to, you know, reach anyone until you sponsor that post. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe in the last, oh, I'd say two, three years, you know, people have really started taking, I guess, a harder look at social, like, you know, mm. okay, we tried it out. We got followers, we got fans, but you know, what is it really doing? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of, I think that's where we're at now is kind of a transition from, you know, we're kind of waking up. It's not just a you know, a, a magic bullet approach, but it's going to take, you know, a little bit more actual kind of a, <laughs> like a marketing focus on it, you know, just like any other marketing channel, you know, you don't just think it's like a one shot, one kill approach. You have to take more of a strategic, you know, look at it and plan out your campaigns with, you know, a little bit more of the long term in mind. So, right. Uh, I think that's right now. Yeah. And I, I, I think the starting point, um, usually is is having like before you actually put the strategy together I think there's usually like a psychology um, when you're approaching all these different marketing channels um, you know when you when, when you're doing media buying and paid search or you're doing SEO or there's usually different psychologies involved and so I guess um, the psychology of approaching social media is obviously going to be different maybe um like what are some of the mindsets that people uh, or retailers should be thinking about when they're looking at social media and how to actually get inside the world of social media a little bit more? Um, how should they be approaching this sort of mindset that would then drive the strategies, if, if you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this actually ties in um, almost <laughs> directly to what we were just talking about because yeah. I think that's kind of what the problem was. Yeah. Um, obviously, with, with social, kind of the mindset to think about is it's just people like hanging out, people killing time, you know, distracting themselves from something else. So, right. you know, people aren't really invested into like if they do end up on your e commerce store from social, they're not really heavily invested into like really shopping and, and kind of being a serious, um, you know, shopper that you know, is really looking to actually buy something. They're more just browsing around and looking at, you know, whatever their friend just shared and, right. you know, whatever viral video is trending right now. So mm. that's kind of definitely the mindset you should have yeah. um, when you're thinking about social. And then, you know, that's, I think that's exactly the same point at where thinking about it a little bit more strategically comes into play and thinking about it more on a, like on a longer term uh, scale comes into play because, you know, just because you get a lot of people you know, from social and maybe they're not engaged in, in actually shopping, it doesn't mean that's worthless traffic. 
Right. You know, the fact that you get somebody to your store or to your site is still definitely a good thing. You just kind of have to take a bit of a longer term approach and realize, you know, they're probably not going to buy right now. Right. But, you know, the fact that they're here, they at least have some level of interest. So, you know, whatever you can do to get them to come back when, you know, maybe they actually do need to make a purchase is definitely what you should be thinking about. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, also just on that thread, like around the psychology is that, um, like when you're approaching social media, like the metrics that you use and, and the way you evaluate the success of some of the initiatives that you run around social, sh- are, you know, n- need to be seen differently as, you know, paid search. And when you start looking at things like ROI and cost per acquisition and all that sort of stuff, um, you know, social media is a totally different, uh, uh, you know, kettle of fish. And I guess... Um, I guess that needs to be considered as well. But the the other thing is interesting to me is inside social media, you've got different social networks and, um, you know, different uh, retailers selling different types of brands might resonate differently in different networks. Um, and I guess there's different psychologies as well to, to, to really getting the most out of each network. So, for example, like engaging people on Pinterest, which is more of a, well, I think it's like more of a visual sort of place, of hanging out is, is different to maybe the way you're going to engage people through Facebook. Um, and so there's, there's also that psychology, I guess, inside the approaching the different networks as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I can give you a little bit of data from our network um, around kind of what's most popular on each network. Um, so on Pinterest, for example, because you just mentioned that, yeah. um, we see a lot of activity in home and garden, obviously kind of a visual thing, um, apparel, so clothes, you know, definitely another, you know, more visual thing. People love to share outfits and shirts and shoes and stuff like that. Right. Um, food, beverages and tobacco was actually our third most shared category to, to Pinterest. Right. Um, this is from, from 2015 as a, as a whole, um, which wow, I that's guess interesting. Is, that, that one's a little bit more surprising. Um, but then the last two were back to kind of what you would expect, um, jewelry and furniture right. to round out the top five. So that's kind of an example of some of the categories that work really well on Pinterest. Mm. Um, and it kind of makes sense, again, going back to the visual thing. Um, so I guess the thing to think about if you are a retailer in any of those categories is you know, Pinterest should come fairly easily and naturally to you. Um, you know, if you just kind of post out your products and think of some ways you can get people sharing on Pinterest, you know, it should be kind of a, maybe not an instant win, but it should be a little bit, you know, easier than, you know, if you sell different products. Um, right. So some of the other networks, I mean, Facebook, uh, I look at Facebook as just about anything can be successful on Facebook because everybody's on Facebook. Right. Uh, right. So, I mean, uh, you know, just some, some categories take a little bit more strategy than others. Um, right. So to give you a little bit more data, um, our, our five most shared categories on Facebook from 2015 were a little bit different. So we had apparel, we had the food, beverages, and tobacco. So two of the top five that were shared with Pinterest. Um, but then we also had sporting goods and outdoors and collectibles as, mm. 
two of the other categories, and then also home and garden. So yeah, right. Um, a little bit of overlap, but a couple. You know, you can see there how you know the, the networks they are a little bit different, and you know they do. Um, you know, kind of match certain you know, right. categories work better on on certain networks. Right, um, and I guess the audience of some of these people might just be hanging out in different places, um, so that that probably also affects it. Actually, do you have, uh, or could you share with us maybe if I if I post a link at the bottom of 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 this um, uh, in this post uh, of that information? Like, is that something that you guys released? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, so, we do this. Yeah. I was just going to say, we do these every year. Uh, yeah. We release a report of like all the data that we're seeing. So yeah, we can definitely put a link to the 2015 report. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Okay, cool. So moving along a little bit, what I what I wanted to sort of um, ask you a little bit about and talk a bit about now is um, uh, really like addressing some social media elements uh, across the actual uh, website of, of an e-commerce store and, and using social elements uh, to engage and share and all that sort of stuff, um, and I guess the most the most popular area on the site, uh, you know, you always see sharing buttons. Obviously, the product pages, um, and sometimes I see people putting sharing widgets. They might have like ten sharing icons, like right, you know, clogging up the whole add to cart area. Or and mm-hmm. um, I see I see uh, sometimes people putting this stuff in just really awkward and weird places that actually. I, I would say um, have have a negative effect on on that page, and I was just wondering, you know, if you've got any ideas on on you know the best way to use uh, those social buttons, uh, you know, in terms of placement or how many you should use, um, things like that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer this without plugging ad shoppers at least just a little bit oh, but, for it, man. Um, <laughs> by using ad shoppers um or ad shoppers. or a, a tools like it um ad shoppers yeah the first um kind of thing here is to figure out which networks work best for you right so you know instead of having 10 you know social networks because a lot of times people come in and are like oh i want people to share out to every network you know yeah uh, i don't want to take buttons off because then they're not going to share to those networks right. but you know if you use a tool with the analytics in place to kind of show you you know which networks people actually share to yeah. then once you figure those out you're usually only going to find like two three maybe four networks that people actually share to and right. you know that actually perform well for you right so once you figure those out you know the answer becomes pretty obvious just you know cut out all the other buttons that aren't yeah. doing anything yeah exactly um, and just include those um and then the second kind of strategy here and again this is something that ad shoppers buttons do by default but um is to put buttons on your page that don't like direct traffic back to the social networks away from your site after you share. So uh, that's a, you know, good, a lot yeah, of that's times really like good. the default buttons. Yeah, like the Facebook or like the Twitter buttons, you know, you'll share out and then it'll either have like a link to like, you know, view your tweet on Twitter or some kind of a link or something to, you know, bring you away from the page that you were on and into right. the actual network. Hmm. And I think that's really where you see the big negative effect when people talk about social buttons being distracting or social buttons harming conversions. I think that's really the the root cause is when you have buttons that you know end up taking traffic away from your site. Right. So if you can use some kind of a solution that has sharing buttons that 
you know, allow sharing, but they don't take traffic away from your site. I think that's also kind of the, the best practice here. Yeah. Um, and then as far as placement, I mean, if you follow those kind of those first two steps, I don't think it makes a huge difference. I mean, Mm. you want to have them in a place that makes sense. So maybe by the image or somewhere close to the add to cart button, but not too close. I think that's the, um, you know, the best way to, to to kind of approach these buttons, Um, either that or the, if you can have them floating on the side of the page, I think everybody's seen, you know, floating sharing buttons on at least one site. Um, We like those because they're always visible on the page, you know, no matter where you're scrolled to, but Mm. they're on the very side of the page. So, you know, they don't interfere with any of the actual, like, buy, add to cart, you know, any of the e-commerce functionality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're saying makes total sense. Um, I, I, I think it's probably what you're saying around just having so many buttons on a page and, you know, sometimes you could just tell it'd be like, what does this social network have to do with this particular product category? Like, it, it, you could just tell, like, it makes no sense. And it just, it's like crazy. Um, but I think, I think the point you also made about um, keeping people on your site without losing them is also a really big one. Um, because that, you know, you've, you've spent a fortune getting them there. The last thing you want to do is is um, push them back to where they came from, um, so that, that's that's a really good insight. And the other the other area that I'm I'm curious about is, um, you know, when people log in to their site, uh, when when customers log in to to, to a site, um, you know, one of the tools you guys have is like one of these seamless logins through a social network, whether it's uh, Facebook or. Um, any, you know, any of the other networks. And um, I'm just wondering a little bit more about that. I've seen it on a lot of sites. I never really use it personally. Um, but I'm just wondering if you could share with us um, how important they really are and how, how much um, benefit there is in actually providing those social logins alongside regular um, options. Yeah, so a couple of the the learnings that we've taken away from having social login as part of our platform. Um, I guess the first is that if it's something that you can integrate, there's really no reason not to. Um, it, if it's an, just an additional option is um, in addition to logging in like you always do with email and password. So, yeah. you know, it, it really doesn't take anything away. So there's kind of no reason not to have it. Right. Um, but where we really see it having an impact and anyone in e-commerce, this is kind of the one reason that you would want social login is it helps reduce a little bit of the friction in the checkout process. So, you know, especially for new customers, you know, instead of having to fill out the form to create your account as basically step one in the checkout, if you can just click a button to create that account with Facebook, for example, you know, that's basically removed an entire step from the checkout. And, right. you know, kind of as everybody knows, you know, the more fields and steps you can take out of your checkouts, you know, the higher conversion rates you'll usually see. Hmm. So that's kind of an important point there. And then this even becomes more important when you think about mobile and, you know, obviously mobile usage has risen incredibly and it's still on a like an insane growth rate so you know it's only going to get bigger and that's really where 
it's right. a lot more annoying to fill out forms is on like a phone. Right. So like it's one thing to have to fill out a new customer registration form on your computer when you have a you know a laptop and a keyboard, but yeah. on your phone when you have a touch keypad, you know, it's even more annoying. So right. social login just helps out that much more if you have it on you know on your mobile site. So um, that's kind of the, the the reason why social login is worth having. Right. Um, as far as some some data that I can share, um, again going back to our 2015 annual report, um, on average, people that have social login, uh, we see about 20% of people that use it uh, rather than the traditional login. Ah. So some people see a lot higher, some people see a little bit lower, but it's at about 20% right now. Mm. Um, so you have some people that always use social login now and they they look for it and that's what they prefer and you know that's what they want to log in with if it's available mm. um you know you have some people like yourself that don't really use it <laughs> I'm, um, a, I'm an but, old schooler <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i used to be like that actually but i've started using it a little bit more and it kind of is easier just <laughs> to yeah. be able to log in with one click yeah um, but the other thing about that is that trend is growing so it's about 20 percent right now and but you know, next year it'll it'll be higher than twenty percent. Right, so, um, and, it's definitely and, something to stay on top of. Yeah, and I, I I think the real big one is around mobile. What what, what you were just saying, it, it didn't occur to me, but totally, it's uh, you know, the 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 the, the 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 less someone has to type anything in on on their phone, the more beneficial it's going to be. Um, and then the other thing that. Um, uh, I wanted to mention, because this is actually one thing that I very rarely see actually um, on e- in e-commerce stores and, and, and with, their, um, with their offering. And I think it's probably one of the most, um, you know, it's like a low-hanging fruit opportunity is uh, on, on a post-purchase page. Like when people actually buy something on that order confirmation page, um, you guys also have a tool where people can actually share what they've just bought. Um, and 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 encouraging people to to sort of push their recent purchase out into you know whether it's Facebook or, or any of the other networks. And I, I I mean I I think it's really great idea because obviously when you buy something and this comes back to psychology again, you, you're sort of excited about something and you've just like you know put your money down and it's like that it's that kind of time where you feel like telling people about what you just bought. Um, and I think it's a great tool and I'm. You know, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that as well, because um, it seems to me like a pretty simple thing to set up, um, but not a lot of people have it or that type of feature. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of exactly it. It's yeah. not a lot to set up, but yeah. it's one of those things where if you don't have it, you're kind of leaving money on the table. Yeah. Um, so this with, with the it's called the purchase sharing app um, and it's actually a kind of a, I always talk about it as a data-driven app because Mm. what we noticed from the analytics that we were tracking before we had this app on our platform is that around 30% of people share out post-purchase. Yeah. So it is one of those like quick wins. If you just implement this app, you know, you'll, you'll pick up that additional sharing that, you know, people want to do. They're, they're interested in sharing out, but you know, maybe the functionality just isn't there, and then they forget about it. So, it's definitely one of those ones where uh, it is kind of like a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
like I said, around 30% of sharing happens post-purchase. So, you know, it's one of those ones that you can drop in and just start seeing extra sharing and social activity right away. Mm. Um, and it's also like the best kind of social activity because people aren't, you know, sharing out like, oh, look at these, this cool pair of shoes. It's like, hey, I, you know, I bought yeah. this pair of shoes and I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And it's like total you know, and, validation. Yeah, and social proof. It's the whole, you know, going back to the whole social proof thing. I mean, if you can get those messages out there, you know, it just validates your brand and your products and, you know, it, you know, lets people know that, you know, you're legit, you know, maybe friends of the people that are buying, you know, maybe they've only heard about it, uh, you know, in passing or hmm. aren't really familiar with the brand. But when they see that their friends are actually buying from there, you know, they're definitely going to check it out yeah. um, and look into it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then some brands and, and some products just really lend themselves to purchase sharing. Like if it's kind of a, like, like events, I always look at events as one of the biggest no brainers for purchase sharing. Like if right. you sell like concert tickets or tickets to, it doesn't even have to be something as, you know, as big as that, like maybe tickets to a, like a, a bar crawl or like a, <laughs> any, anything like that. I mean, right. that's something that people do when they go to together and it gets better the more people go. So you know, you want to share it out with people so, you know, that you have more people to go with. So, right. you know, anyone like that, you know, tickets, events, anything like that. I mean, purchase sharing is definitely an, a huge opportunity if it's mm. something that, you know, you don't have integrated yet. Yeah. And look, I, you know, I'm, I'm you know, the purpose of these calls isn't to, to be, you know, a sales arm for, for, for the platforms that I'm talking to, but really these things that we're talking about and when we talk about social media uh, and implementing you know, it's just some easy to implement uh, strategies. Like what we're talking about is really simple when, when you have a tool like Ad Shoppers because it's, it's really all just inside there. So I don't want to sound like a sales guy, but um, they're, they're, they really are that simple to set up. Um, and, you know, the other thing that when I was, I, I was looking through the platform a bit more um, and another thing that, that is very social um, is, is the whole referral program piece as well. Um, and you know, it just like tools like AdShot, it, it just makes it so easy just to set it up, get it done, have it running and boom, like onto something else. Um, obviously there's, you know, uh, like more, more involved, uh, approaches to doing social media, but I guess like these strategies and these ideas and these, these, these concepts are really just about leveraging what's already going on in your site as well. Um, and that's, I think, the other real thing about about these I, uh, the, these specific um, uh, concepts when when addressing social is that they're really just leveraging what you already have. It's not, um, you know, they don't cost a lot of money and and they don't require massive ad spends or anything. It's really just, you know, popping up at the right time with the right creative idea um, to, to 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 push you to get your customers to push your message out there um yeah uh, yeah definitely i mean like because here's the the thing that's nice about some of this stuff like everything that we've been talking about um is what we call on-site social so it's just stuff that's integrated into your website right and you know we call off-site socials like all the stuff you post on your facebook page and your twitter you know, your Twitter feed and your pinterest pages and your instagram account mm. um and the good thing about this the on-site social stuff is, is like you said, you're taking advantage of, you know, the traffic and the audience and everything you already have going on your website. You know, you don't have to wait to go out and get a million followers or, 
you know, a, a ton of people, you know, liking your page or, uh, you know, whatever, you can start doing this stuff right now. You know, yeah. even if you don't even have a social media account, mm. you know, like, like your own brand pages, you can do this stuff. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a little bit easier and I guess a little lower of a barrier to entry when, you know, you want to approach, start approaching social and actually, you know, leveraging it and, um, you know, getting people to share out and, you know, really turn it into a, a marketing channel to go with, you know, everything else that you're doing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, look, Peter, thanks so much for your time today. Um, we definitely covered, you know, some really interesting stuff, at least uh, some meat and potatoes for anyone listening that could just really, you know, jump back at their desk and, and start looking at some of it, it, it implementing some of these ideas. Um, because again, they really aren't that hard um, and, and very easy to execute. Um, so like, you know, the next time the word social kind of comes up around the boardroom table or you're thinking about it at night, I mean, there's re they, these really are a bunch of things you could really start addressing, um, you know, immediately or improving on. If, if you're already doing some of this stuff, like, you know, maybe looking at how to actually improve it or, or get more leverage out of, you know, your social buttons on your site um, or some of the other things we've spoken about. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're interested in look, finding out more, I'm going to post some of the links uh, that Peter was talking about uh, below this post and um, some links to ad shoppers so um, you can take a, another look. But Peter, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing some of, you know, your insights with us. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me.